0: Greetings and hello, fellow Trekkies. Welcome back to another episode of Yelling About Star Trek. My name is Christian Fox, and this is a show where I yell at you about all things Star Trek for your amusement, so I'm not yelling at my friends and family who don't want to hear my thoughts and theories on this fantastic franchise. Today, I want to talk about a very serious beef that I have. And that beef is against the new Star Trek series, Strange New Worlds. It's completely changing my views on Trek and my rankings and every belief that I have held since I've been a kid, it is now pushing into question and I'm outraged by it. I am outraged that it is so good that it's messing up my rankings. Okay. So Before I get into why I'm outraged by all of this, make sure you get out of your space pajamas, put on your shiniest pair of boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you want to pull the archer maneuver, and brace for impact, because things are about to get nerdy. So, let's start at the beginning. I started watching Star Trek when I was around five years old, okay? I've told this story before my mom had to watch it for a class that she was taking at the time. And so I was on her lap and Star Trek was just on. And then I don't know how it happened, but I fell in love with it. So all my life, I have been a Trekkie and all my life. I have said two things about Star Trek. One TNG is my favorite series because it's TNG. I grew up with it. It's a happy place. And two DS9 is the best Star Trek series just because of how much it feels like classic Star Trek in the sense it feels like good old Rick Berman TNG era Star Trek, but it's different enough to feel different, and the characters are amazing, it's a living, breathing universe. Just so much of the show is incredible, and why I think it is the far superior series. Okay? Those were two beliefs that have never, ever been challenged in I'm going to throw out some more beliefs that I've had. Captain Picard is the best captain. Chief O'Brien is the best engineer. The doctor from Star Trek Voyager is the best doctor. No questions asked. Dr. Flox, pretty close second. Dr. McCoy, uh, I could see it being a close second. Not quite, but uh, let's say a very close third, okay? So so that is just an example of some of the beliefs that I have held since childhood, Okay, beliefs that I have never once questioned. But strange new worlds has come out, and it's making me question my beliefs because goodness gracious, I'm loving that show. The show is phenomenal. Honestly, this is the first new Star Trek show that has come along where the pilot has instantly grabbed me and I am in it. Okay? There wasn't even like, oh, I liked the aspects of the pilot, but overall it didn't feel good, or Laura Dex where I loved it but I loved it because it was so different and it wasn't quite Star Trek. So I wouldn't put it up there with other Star Trek shows, but I liked the pilot because it was fun and it was a really unique spin on the Star Trek universe. But strange new worlds feels like Star Trek to me. It feels like the Star Trek I grew up with, but of course a little bit more modern because while it came out in 2022 and not 1991 or actually no Star Trek series has come out in 1991. So I don't know why I'm saying that year, but it doesn't feel like a show that has come out of the 90s. And I honestly can't wait for every episode. And the reason I'm faking my anger here is because this is legitimately going to disrupt all of my previous rankings for everything. All of those beliefs which I've held for a very long time that, again, Captain Picard is the best captain. The doctor is the best doctor. Chief O'Brien is the best engineer. All these things are coming into question Because of how much I'm loving the characters in Strange New Worlds. First of all, I got to talk about Captain Pike. He is becoming my newest crush. And that's a very strange thing to say. Because I actually, no, you know what? It's not strange. Because I have a lot of male crushes. A lot of man crushes, I should say. Because there's a lot of shows I watch where I'm like, some of the men, good looking dudes. And it's like, all right. When I'm at the gym, that's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm trying to emulate. But Captain Pike, he's on a whole other level. He, His hair, you got to talk about his hair, okay? This is not even what this podcast is about, but I have to talk about the hair because his hair is the best hair in Star Trek, at least for the men, okay? It is fantastic. Him in his outfit looks amazing. Uh, there's an episode where he's wearing a sweater, and man, that dude is jacked. So just from a, like a physical standpoint, he is, he is up there with the captains, but then just his personality, his charm, his belief in the Federation, his willingness to continue to fight every day, even though from his perspective, he's going to lose his life in the next decade or so. So that's incredible, but it's such a good combination of, of Kirk and Picard. I, I always used to, not always used to, but an argument I always make is that, hey, Riker is a really good combination of Picard and Kirk. Like if Kirk and Picard were ever to become vix, they would make Riker. And I felt that way because Riker has the swagger of Captain Kirk, but has the thoughtfulness, the morality, and the sophistication that Picard has. But then here comes Pike, who's doing the same thing. He's got the swagger. He's got the charisma. He's got the charm of Captain Kirk. But he's a little bit more thoughtful like Picard. He's not as, I don't want to say callous, but not as cowboyish. He's a bit more, let's think about the situation. Let's not act rashly. Okay. And I feel like he's a little less likely to go to a planet and be like, hey, I don't like what you guys are doing. Why don't you do this instead and fundamentally change the fabric of that society? Which, as I'm saying it, I realize that's kind of a stupid thing to say because that's sort of what he does in the first episode. So there's that. But I felt like he really didn't have another choice in that situation. And he does seem to be a lot more thoughtful, much like Picard. So, because I'm loving Pike so much. It's going to mess up my rankings for the captain. Who is the best captain? I think for right now, I'm still going to go with Picard because Picard's my guy. He's the reason I do mediation. He's the reason I'm in conflict resolution. And Captain Janeway is someone who I love so much that she is so close to be my first captain. Because, well, she has like so many... Qualities in her that make her a great leader, and she has the best qualities of all the other captains combined into one. So she's amazing. But then there's Pike, and Pike is quickly becoming a favorite captain. And it's like, well, what do I do? I don't want to move Captain Picard to number two. I don't want to move Captain Janeway to number three. But goodness gracious, Pike is up there. He's better than number four, better than number three. He's definitely a number two. So what do I do about Captain Janeway? I don't know. I'm going to lose sleep over this. And he's just one character. He's probably the main character, if you go by that, because a lot of Star Trek is centered around the captain, even though the other series have done a really good job of having episodes feature different characters. And I think Strange New Worlds is actually doing that really well. For example... Every episode seems to have a captain's log from a different character, or not a captain's log, but a log, rather, from a different character, and I think that's really cool. So it feels like it's doing a great job of focusing on everyone, not just the captain, but I'll say that Captain Pike is the main character because he's Captain Pike, so main character, but I'm loving him, and I just came off of episode four, which I loved. I thought it was amazing. My goodness, he is becoming my favorite captain, or I should say a favorite captain of mine. And frankly, I don't know where to put him. I'm going to be obsessing about this, well, probably for the rest of the season, at least. Probably even longer. Again, he's not the only character in the show. Let's talk about Dr. Mbanga, okay? He's a character who showed up in the original series. I want to say he was in season two because he was dealing with... Uh, Spock and his blood and I believe that was Journey to Babel and he was cool I liked him I thought yeah he's a cool addition to like the 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 crew for that episode yeah okay and then you know he goes off and does his own thing and I don't I never really thought about Mbenga that much and then when they announced that Mbenga was going to be the chief medical officer I thought oh that's kind of cool because he was in the original show but I was kind of like well what about Dr. Boyce, Mr. Martini Man? Why isn't he in the pilot? Like, Why isn't he in the series as the chief medical officer? Boyce, from what I could tell, was great. He left such an impression on me in in The Cage and then later The Menagerie, part one and part two, that I fell in love with Boyce, and I was really upset when they were like, oh, uh, Boyce isn't going to be here. It's going to be on Benga, everybody. And that kind of pumped me out. But then by episode two... I was like, okay, this guy's growing on me. And then episode three, I'm like, yep, so growing on me. Episode four, I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to have to call it that he's becoming a favorite doctor of mine, which is great for the show, great for the characters, but not so great for my rankings because the doctor, number one doctor for me, I love the doctor so much. I love his arrogance, I love his charm, his obsession with opera. Just so much about him is. So Star Trek and his exploration of what it means to be a fully functional program, one that is more than just an emergency program, but one that's a living being that grows and has feelings and learns. And the fact that the Doctor was so critical to Seven's journey of her rediscovering her own humanity is just amazing. And I love the Doctor so much. Then there's Dr. Flox, who on any given day, I could say he's my favorite doctor because I really think he is maybe the closest embodiment of actual Starfleet ideals. Like he is Idik. If you want to talk about Idik, it's him. I know the Vulcans came up with Idik, but Dr. Flox is Idik. The way he embraces alien cultures and the way he embraces new techniques and is open to new ideas when it comes to medicine the fact that he's willing to use leeches and use all these crazy animals in ways that no other doctor in trek has ever thought of is incredible and the fact that he does this with the smile on his face that's of course he doesn't smile all the time but he's definitely the most optimistic character in the show and enterprise specifically even in season three He does a great job of really holding on to what he values and doesn't become as dark as some of the other characters. So I love Dr. Flux. And Dr. Flux is such a close second that he could be number one. But then Mbenga comes along and he's only in episode four and I'm like, I'm kind of loving this guy. His attitude is really cool. I love the beard. There's just so much about him that I just feel like he's such a great doctor. His backstory is really touching. This whole idea that His daughter has an illness that he can't cure, so he's keeping her in the transporter, um, not filter, chamber, uh, buffer, sorry, transporter buffer is touching. And it made me tear up when when he was reading her a story, and I get emotional even thinking about it. But I'm loving him, and this is only episode four. So, what am I going to do? How the heck am I supposed to rank him against everybody? And that's going to totally change my ranking for the doctors. Again, outrageous. I am outraged by how good these characters are. And let's talk about Hemmer, okay? Hemmer's is a character who I'm like, ah, oh, he's cool. He's an Enar, an Enar, Enar. And I'm like, yeah, the Enar were an Enterprise, which I forgot about when he was introduced. And I don't know why, because I watched the United trilogy. Oof. Uh, more times than I should probably admit to watching it. But so I know about the Enar. I didn't catch on to it for some reason. I don't know how, but he's becoming a favorite engineer of mine. I stand by Chief O'Brien being my favorite. Now, trying to figure out who's second for me is very difficult because I love Scotty. I love Scotty so much. I love his, just his, his way of of selling the idea and selling the idea even to Kirk that there's nothing he can do to save the day. Then he does it and he saves the day and everybody thinks he's a miracle worker for it. And that's kind of his shtick, but I love his creativity. He's funny. Like him getting drunk with the Kelvins is hysterical. He's just such a great engineer. So I guess he would be my second, but I've never really thought hard enough about who is my second favorite engineer. And Jordy, I like a lot, but He's not a favorite character of mine, if I'm being completely honest. I enjoy Geordi. I'm happy when Geordi's on screen. But when I think about my all-time favorite characters of Trek, Geordi isn't one of them. But Hammer, again, episode four, is becoming a favorite of mine. His, not cockiness, but his his belief in himself, the fact that he knows he's the best at his job, I think is great the fact that he has these extra central perception that the Enar have and the way he talks about it is really great. And he's stern. He's direct. He's a little bit blunt and I'm loving it. He's not like a warm and fuzzy character, which I appreciate because Star Trek has a lot of warm and fuzzy people. Even Worf becomes a little bit warm and fuzzy to some degree, which is probably a strange thing to say, especially when he was in TNG. But I'm loving Hemmer. Hemmer's up there. Hemmer might have to be my second favorite engineer. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can't. You know what, everybody? Just give me a second here because I just completely forgot to talk about Charles Tripp Tucker III. Charles Tripp Tucker III is my favorite engineer. I don't even know what I was going on about with Scotty. I think Scotty is great. Probably a solid number three. Very close to being number two. But Tripp Tucker? Are you kidding me? He's amazing. I love, for one thing, I just, I love the accent, okay? I know you probably shouldn't base the character on their accent, but the fact that he's from Florida and has a Southern accent, I think is the coolest thing because he seems like a guy you could have a beer with. Probably, and I've said this before in various podcasts, that in my opinion, Trip Tucker is the number one most relatable character in all of Star Trek. Like the character that the average person could have a conversation with, say, not a Trekkie, if Trip Tucker were to come out of the TV somehow as Trip Tucker, but took off the uniform and put on civilian clothing and didn't mention the fact that he was there from the future, most people on the street would go, hey, you're from Florida. Okay, cool. Let's go grab a beer. You know, let's go have some catfish together. So Trip Tucker, he is probably such a close second. So again, like Janeway, he is so close to being first for me. But then Hammer comes along and Hemmer is getting up there Hemmer is probably encroaching on number two territory possibly I don't want to say it just yet and I and I you know I'm probably getting ahead of myself because we still have about six more episodes uh, before I can make that determination and then who knows how many seasons we'll get of the series probably seven if I'm hoping we'll get at least seven that's what we usually get for Trek. And because of that, I don't want to make any determinations yet. But I'm feeling it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking he's going to encroach on that number two territory. And that worries me because he's only been on four episodes so far. He's been in 10 episodes, actually. But we've only seen four of them. So I'm going to say there's only been four episodes of Trek that that I've actively seen him in. And and it's mind-boggling. And then you got to bring in Nurse Chapel. I was a little irritated when they were like, hey, we're bringing back Nurse Chapel. And it's like, okay, I love having the old crew members, but do we have to keep having characters that have connections to old crew members or who are original crew members? Can't we just have a new crew with the exception of Una, Spock, and Pike? Can't we just leave the TOS crew behind and get a new crew? So I I was irritated but then she opens up her mouth in in episode one. And it's like, all right, fine. Uh, I'll give it to you. You're making her a favorite character of mine. And I don't want to say I dislike Chapel, but there was nothing about Chapel that I thought was exceptionally incredible. Some Nothing in her made me go, oh my gosh, I'm just in love with the character. I like some of her interactions with people. I liked her interactions with Spock. I always thought they were charming but she wasn't a character that I was like oh my gosh we need more of her. And and that's not even anything to do with Major Barrett. That's more just because well she was a nurse and you know even though nurses in real life actually do a lot more than doctors in a lot of ways. And I don't want to get anyone mad because I I'm not a doctor. And so if you are a doctor, I really appreciate what you're doing, but in my experience whenever I'm in the hospital, it's always the nurses who are there 24/7. Like when my mom was in the hospital and my grandparents were in the hospital, it was always the the nurses that would be there every day, every minute, making sure that my family was safe. And then the doctor would do what I call the guest appearance and show up, say hello, and make a few comments and then, then peace out for quite some time. So in real life, nurses do a lot of work. But nurses in the 60s on TV... It was like, no, we have to make Dr. McCoy the hero. And so Nurse Chapel was always relegated to being a secondary character. So I never really thought much of her. I love Major Barrett and I love her as the computer voice. I loved her as uh, Loxana Troy. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But she was never a character that I was like, oh my gosh, I need to watch more Nurse Chapel doing stuff. But Nurse Chapel in Strange New Worlds is incredible. She's hysterical. She has so many great one-liners. She's so competent. We're getting to see the brilliance that is Nurse Chapel, the brilliance that was alluded to, the fact that Nurse Chapel was a specialist in, oh, goodness gracious, something to do with DNA. But she was a specialist, top of her field, but we never got to see that in the original series because McCoy had to be the one doing all the cool stuff. But episode one, Strange New World... She has a technique that she developed on basically changing the anatomy and the cell structure of people temporarily so they could literally become aliens. It wasn't just like they put on makeup. No, they actually transformed into other species temporarily. And that was something she developed. She even, uh, episode two, she, or episode three rather, she comes up with a cure for this crazy disease. She pulls him a coin and is like, oh, there's no way we can save it. Oh, and then Una does something, does some stuff. And then Chapel's like, all right, I got enough information and readings on this and I stabilized this and that and science happened and bingo bango. We have a cure. And she did that. And it's amazing. So Nurse Chapel is becoming a favorite character. And so if I were to rank all the characters in Trek, Nurse Chapel is someone I'd really have to think about and be like, okay, well, where do I place her? Because the list just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And again, Nurse Chapel was not a character I really thought much about. I liked it when she was on, but I never really um, was like, oh my gosh, she's a favorite character of mine. So I'm going to have to reexamine that. (sighs) It is too much. And then, of course, there's Ethan Effing Peck, okay, who comes along as Spock number three, Leonard Nimoy killed Spock. He is Spock. There was no way anyone could replace him. And then, why can't I think of his name? Oh, from Heroes. Zachary Quinto comes along as Spock, and we're like, all right, no one's going to replace Leonard Nimoy, but let's give him a try. And now I'm a huge Zachary Quinto fan because he killed Spock. He like did such a good I don't even want to say impression, but like a version of Spock that wasn't quite as comfortable with his human side as our Spock is, like Nimoy Spock. So I got used to him and I was like, all right, he's amazing. And then they're like, oh, uh, we're going to be bringing Spock in, back in discovery. It's like, okay, don't bring Spock back in. Spock back. Don't bring Spock back. That's really hard to say. Spock back. Don't let's not, uh, we don't need to do that. Let, let's stay away from Spock. How can they possibly have a third Spock? And then Ethan Peck shows up on Discovery, and I'm like, all right, he's pretty cool. Now he's in Strange New Worlds, and I'm like, ah, Spock, Ethan, Mr. Peck, you're doing a great job. You're nailing the character. And now I'm going to have to rank my Spocks. Rank my Spocks. It's so much fun to say Any, Honestly, if you say anything and then put Spock at the end, it sounds like it's more fun than, any, than it actually is. You can say, let's do stats, Spock. Get into my car, Spock. I've got to go fix my car, Spock. I've got to turn on my monitor, Spock. It's just such a fun name to say. I don't even know what I was going with this point. It basically, if I have to rank Spocks now, I don't know what I'm going to do because Dr. Quinto, he's obviously the second best Spock there is because no one's going to ever beat Nimoy but you think, He's making a mighty good argument for being Spock number two. So I don't know, and I can just go on about this forever and ever. Una, also amazing. I don't know if she's going to replace my number one, number one spot, which is Riker for my favorite number one, and I, I still maintain my argument that Chakotay is the best number one. Purely like from a skills and actual. Uh, execution perspective but Una she's making a mighty fine argument for being number two or even possibly number one both as my favorite personally and as someone at the very top in terms of all around skill at the job so I don't know I'm going to have I'm going to lose a lot of sleep over this this is stressing me out because Strange New Worlds to me is the best new Star Trek series that we've had and JJ if you're listening to this I apologize but this is how your ship should have looked your ship your Enterprise should have looked like their Enterprise okay that's all I'm saying because honestly the bridge on the new USS Enterprise is such a good blend of modern technology and future tech that we'd expect to see in our future shows and the original TOS aesthetic. I just I, I really cannot say enough about how much I love this series. Ah, uh, I don't know. I've got nothing else to say. You know what? Scrap that. That's not true. I have another beef with Strange New Worlds, okay? This is, I will be very quick, but I need to get this off my chest. Episode four starts. They're doing their thing. They go to a planet. They get no response from the planet. So they beam down. And they're wearing these really cool environmental suits. And what do these suits have on them? They have lights, like flashlights on the suit. So someone was like, hey, we can put flashlights on the suit so characters don't have to hold them. And that's brilliant. To me, that is an absolutely... Brilliant solution because we have seen so many times in Star Trek a show that takes place in the future, a show where people can use transporters, people can go faster than the speed of lights. But for some reason, no one's figured out how to integrate flashlights on suits. It's ridiculous. I mean, look at Generations. Now, I love Generations, I know that's a very divisive movie in the sense that some people love it, some people hate it, but I think generally it's considered, "Ah, eh, eh, it's okay, you know, it's fine. But I actually really like the movie, but I just do not understand. Actually, there's two scenes I don't understand. One, when they beam over to the Amagosa Observatory. They're there, they have their weapons, but then they have these little flashlights in their hands that they have to hold. And I'm like, what if there's a bad guy there? What if somebody pops up Is Worf going to say, hey, Romulan, hang on a second, let me just put my flashlight away so I can get out my phaser and and zap you? Even though we don't actually ever say zap in Star Trek, that'd be really stupid if they were like, let me zap you. But it's like, well, that is so inefficient. And granted, he could be holding the flashlight with one hand take out his phaser and it's not an issue, but it's just so stupid. My other beef with with uh, Generations and the flashlight, and I've talked about this before on my YouTube channel, but what was Warf trying to do with the flashlight while the Enterprise was crashing? Like, they're on the planet, they're crashing, people are flying everywhere, and he pulls up this little dinky flashlight, and he's like, oh, I'm going to shine my light everywhere, and this is going to be super helpful. It's like, Worf, what were you trying to accomplish? Were you trying to show people where they could fall safely? Because if you work, one, that's a stupid plan. And number two, you can't even see the flashlight. So that's the problem. But my whole point being why did it take us till 2022 to have flashlights on the environmental suits? It's like, didn't anyone ever think of this before? Ah, it's frustrating. But I'm so happy that Strange New Worlds has addressed this, in my opinion. And they're, they're just absolutely killing it on TV. I think it's an amazing series. And you really ought to watch this because it's amazing. And I'm done. I am actually now getting a very, not sore throat, but like I can feel that I've torn my throat because I've been yelling sort of loudly into the microphone. And if you're hearing this, you're like, whoa, what is going on? I apologize. I am channeling my inner Greg Miller. Even though I'm trying to make it a much calmer Greg Miller. And if you're like, who's Greg Miller? He's from Kind of Funny. Check it out. I love Kind of Funny. Anyways, I'm going to call it quits for tonight because I got to stop talking because my throat, as I said, is getting a little bit sore. But what did you think? Do you agree with me that Strange New Worlds is the best New Trek series? Or do you think that honor belong to something else. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Also, let me know what you like and what you don't like about the show, because ultimately my show is to make a show that you enjoy listening to. And in the paraphrased words of Captain Kirk, I shall see you out there that away.